As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today I have a very special guest, actress, writer, producer, director. Please welcome to the show, Miss Tucky Williams. Hey, glad to be here. What's going on? Oh, not a lot, not a lot. So I know you have a new film out called Dagger Kiss Enchanted Forest. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit I about do. it? I do. It's a medieval fantasy adventure with a little bit of sci-fi. And it's also a love story about two girls in love. So we add the lesbian twist to the classic fantasy fairy tale god i love it you know i just it's a movie i loved making and i'm proud of and it's a movie that i actually like to watch even though like when you're a movie maker you kind of get tired of watching your movie because you have to work on it every day but you know i i can sit down with this movie and watch it again i truly enjoy it i truly enjoy it and you know there's a lot of magical elements i can show you my knife uh, it's right up here but i have my costume right there great costumes. I love my costumes. Uh, all the stuff that you like about those fantasy movies, like the hair and the clothes, yeah. and the, the toys, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it has all of that in there. And um, I, it's great. It's great that uh, it was, that it was popular. You know, you said you were able to watch some of it and, you know, it was basically just something at that point in my career, I had no money to invest in anything. <laughs> I said, well, let's just do this and see what happens. And I'm really really lucky i'm totally totally surprised that it turned out the way it did <laughs> didn't so, see that coming so right. i'm very very grateful for the fan base oh awesome yeah so when i was looking you up i noticed you come on the scene with this girl girl scene so how did you make the transition to this like you say medieval medieval fantasy sci-fi adventure <laughs> Okay, so it was just a matter of I'd done girl girl scene for a long time, like a long time, years of my life. And uh, I kind of got, I don't know if you saw any of it, but I kind of got known for playing this character that wasn't at all like me. And people really thought that's who I was and everything. And I, I also really just like fantasy and sword and sorcery stuff. So there are a bunch of reasons bunch of reasons why I, I, I wanted to go this direction. But main one I want to say is since I was a kid, since I saw uh, She-Ra, A NeverEnding Story, that was what I wanted to do. And, and people always ask, what got you in? What, what were the, some of the movies you liked that first interested you in making films? And I always I say NeverEnding Story, She-Ra, Conan, Red Sonia, that kind of thing. So those are the movies when I was a kid, I just get so excited about. And when I'd go to the video store, when they had videos, I would run to the sci-fi fantasy section just to see if there's something cool and new I could watch. So that was, that's really been the genre that I've been drawn to the most all my life. And, and then the other thing is I, I never gotten to play a character that was kind of like me. And this is the first, I mean, even though she's a, I, you know, I can't kill people magically without touching them. Other than that, I would say this character is pretty much like me. Yeah, so that was fun. Like I said, people had known me as this other person and they, they thought I was just like that. This is really, uh, I don't know how to put it, just a person who's not at all like me. Not <laughs> very, very, uh, very, yeah, I don't know how to say it. And I'm it, it, not like me, period. And I even looked different. So in this dagger kiss stuff, I look like myself and I, I, uh, I, I hope this, I hope I am as noble as this character is. So I, I watched a little bit of girl, girl scene. I watched more dagger kiss, but yeah, when I went back and watched some of the girl, girl, scene, you're right. You look completely different from what I saw. The character's completely different. 
but I'm not, yeah. I, I can't say that I saw a whole lot of the girl girl scene. So I didn't know too yeah. much about that aspect. Yeah. So that, that got, that got really, when it came out, that was the first thing I think I was ever known for. So like I said, people just thought that's who I was. Right. And you know, that, that, that it really wasn't, that I wasn't really acting. I just showed up and, and said my lines. Right. But it was <laughs> like, no, I have to, I have to practice the cadence and the eye movement, make everything about myself different. And then I have to hold it, you know, for, for the whole time I'm on camera. And, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it, it was nice to sort of when, when you, when people see you as one thing to just be able to be like, Hey, this is who I really am. Right. So that's what dagger kiss has done for me. That's good. But yeah, I guess with girl, girl, scene, like you said, it went on for years. Yes. People kind of like, Oh, this just must be what she is. Cause she's done it so long. It's come with ease. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So I know girl, girl scene and dagger kiss, at least the show are on YouTube. Where do you find enchanted Forest? Oh, okay. So actually they're not really on YouTube. I just have clips of girl, girl scene on YouTube and uh, dagger kiss technically on YouTube, but uh, I had to edit some stuff out of it. So oh, really, okay. if you want to, if you want to watch them, they're all on Amazon. That's, you can watch full episodes of girl, girl scene plus dagger kiss uh, unedited. And, and that's also the place to go for dagger kiss enchanted forest is Amazon, Amazon prime video. That's, that's the place to go. Amazon has everything, don't they? They do. They even have me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to transition to our movie of the night. And tonight we're going back to 1997. Now, I'm glad you went with this pick. Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. And while this one's not the top, I definitely have it in the top half of his movies, where a lot of people I hear have it in the bottom. And of course, I am talking about Jackie Brown. If you're going to come in on this thing, you got to go all the way. Half a million dollars is up for grabs. Don't go doing something stupid. And a whole lot of scamming is about to go down. Let him get the money and then just take it from him. The setup, the shakedown, the mix-up, the showdown. Booyah! Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Forster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, and Robert De Niro. Is she dead? Pretty much. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Rated R. Now, when did you first see Jackie Brown? I first saw Jackie Brown on video cassette, not even in a movie theater. Uh, just kind of like a movie I picked up, watched with my dad. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I was really excited to see the next Quentin Tarantino. Okay, first off, back up. Pulp Fiction. Saw it when I was a little girl. And uh, what people don't know, if, if you're, if you're youngish, you don't know that movies weren't like Pulp Fiction and that Pulp Fiction <laughs> changed everything change absolutely everything movies culture all of it changed with pulp fiction so pulp fiction if i had to say the best movie of all time i would say pulp fiction right that's the best movie ever made you, you just can't you just can't argue with that uh you can but it's it's the best movie of all time and uh, and, uh so so that's always one when i people ask me what's your favorite movie i always say pulp fiction right when you come along you say hey i want to talk about a movie it's like okay this is a film guy i can tell him what my actual favorite movie is is jackie brown now that said, I have a bunch of favorite movies. There's a, there's another podcast where I talk about uh, Casino because that's it's in my. I have a lot of a lot like I have ten favorite favorite movies. The more I've thought about this week and what I'm going to talk about with you, the more I've realized that Jackie Brown is probably a favorite. So anyway, Pulp Fiction came out, changed my life, changed cinema, changed everything. I'm going to give a little bit of history on Jackie Brown. So that came out. Quentin had done Reservoir Dogs, then he followed up with Pulp Fiction. Like I said, made a huge impact on the world and people were like what's next what's next so i think three yeah three and a half years later he came out with this movie jackie brown and nobody knew what to do with it 
right? Because it's yeah. it's a genre busting, just like Pulp Fiction was, but it's also very uh, it's got a story of the beginning, a middle, and end, <laughs> which right. we weren't yeah. expecting from him. <laughs> we're, we're expecting quite the opposite, especially right. at that point. And, and this so the, twenty this years very, from the twenty years from the black exploitation era, so nobody knew what this was at this point. Because <laughs> well, yeah, it's a throwback to that. Right. I mean, it was definitely the first. Well, I guess it's not really a black exploitation film, but it was the first. You know, and then and then I think uh, ten years later, I went out and got coffee and Foxy Brown because I wanted to know what it was all about. But anyway, because the first time I saw it, I was just kind of meh about it. Like I liked it. I liked it. I just it just wasn't didn't really register. So uh, what got me into it is okay, the first movie I ever made. The there's a difference. The first movie that I made that came out versus the first movie I ever made. First movie that came out was Dead Moon Rising, one of the greatest films I think of all time. Forget about the fact that I'm in it. Uh, and then, but that's the first movie that came out. I love making that movie. There was a movie I made before then that was a terrible experience. So the first movie I made, which was a terrible experience, one good thing is there were these two uh, PAs and they would quote Jackie Brown the whole time. So all, all day, just back and forth quoting Jackie Brown. Then I, then I started developing an appreciation for it because, you know, I was kind of miserable making this movie, but then these guys would just say these lines that would just blow me away. And so I, I said, okay, then I got back into the movie again. And the thing is, you have to see that movie about three times before you understand what's happening. And that's say you have to watch it about another three times before you realize that you actually do understand what's happening. You know, Tenet just came out, right? And uh, nobody understands what Tenet is about. It's about Jackie Brown is about as complicated as Tenant. Like you really have to sit down. I mean, some people get it right away. I wasn't one of those people. I still don't know what the hell Tenant is about. Only recently figured out what Interstellar is about. Uh, so Tenant, I'm sitting. I, you know, I I don't know what the hell I watched. And uh, <laughs> Jackie Brown is very similar. You have to watch it a few times before you understand what's going on. Also, when it came out, there wasn't a, a YouTube that would dissect the meaning of it. So there's no place to go. There was no internet. I mean, there was an internet, but I don't think there was a website you go to and say, oh, ex- explanation of Jackie Brown. No, so you have no. to see the movie. Right, right. So you have to see the movie a bunch of times before you get what's going on. But the thing is, missed it the first time around, which is the whole point of the movie is that you're hanging out with these characters. It's not, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, you know, that you're trying to get to the end of the movie. That you're about spending time. It's, it's the process, not the product. So it's the process of being in the movie and existing with these characters. And I think Quentin said, he just wants you to hang out with Ordell and with Jackie. Yep. And that's, that's what you do. So you watch it. You're just hanging out with, with these characters that you love so much. And that's what I do when I put it on. I hang with them. I'm not sitting there going the plot, the plot, the plot. Now, <laughs> when we do get to the plot, excellent, excellent. Can I swear on here? Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, fuck it. I'll swear. There you go. And it's an excellent fucking plot. It's so intricate. The ending is told three different ways. They're all correct. There's no competing narrative. It's just, it's just told three times over again. Now, the first time you're watching, you're like, why am I watching the ending three times? Again, it's one of those things. You watch it three, and then, oh my God, it's complicated. And it's good. It's wonderful. Uh, okay, that's the answer to the question about the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you kind of were leading there. So sometimes what I like to do with these are give an introduction and hope people go see it if they haven't or revisit it if they wrote it off the first time. So just first off, give a synopsis of what Jackie Brown is. Jackie Brown is technically about a flight attendant. She's 42 years old. She's had 
a rough time. She comes up, she's working for this drug runner or this gun runner named Ordell Roby. And she's helping him smuggle money into the States from Mexico. And she gets to caught by the law. So you think, oh, she's in trouble, but she figures out, she tries to devise a plan to escape from the law and to steal all of the gun runners money. Yep. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. And, but like I said, you know, it's, it's, there is a plot. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. Okay. What you do? I, I, you get these questions ahead of time. Right. And it's like, your question was, what's the plot of the movie? I'm like, what? It never even occurred to me what the plot of the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so, okay. I have to give this like, what? This like little basic plot. I mean, the plot of the movie is so complicated, but I guess this, the setup is, yeah, the flight attendant thing. <laughs> yeah, the setup is the flight attendant. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a Tarantino flick. You're going to be going back and forth between multiple subplots as well the whole time. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on here. And even the minor characters are huge and have huge impacts on the film. One thing I want to say about it is, I, I forget the runtime, it's probably over two hours, but the first 30 minutes of it is a self-contained short film. Just the only other movie I know that did that is Zack and Mary Make a Porno is the first 30 minutes or a self-contained short film. But uh, you can watch this. Jackie Brown isn't even in it. Title character is just Ordell Roby and uh, Beaumont Livingston. And she doesn't even show up for the first half hour. But I mean, you could cut it and make a short film. It has a beginning, a middle and end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's about two. It's two and a half hours. I watched it the other week again. for the OK, <laughs> oh, you know, Tarantino, his. I normally don't like long movies, and yet with Tarantino, I never mind them. Just like his re- his most recent, another Hangout movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, that movie I just kept saw that. going. Just watched yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. So that is that's a fantastic. That's a hangout, hangout. movie. Yeah, it is a Hangout movie. You were hanging out with Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth the whole time. God, oh my God, Leonardo doesn't get enough credit for that performance. Agreed. Agreed. I, I that was been... just. I've, that was just like the best acting class. And I mean, I see why he chose that part. I'm just to, just to watch the destruction <laughs> of a human soul. <laughs> yeah, It's a tragedy in a sense. It's a tragedy that turns out not to be a tragedy, but it's, it's in the format of a tragedy of this man completely coming apart due to his own actions. <laughs> yes, yes. So the next part gets a little tricky as I don't want to give away the complete end, which like you said, there's three. I endings. think you should give away the ending here. I thought about this. We talked about it because I don't think it gives anything away because I knew the ending when I didn't like the movie. And so I, you know, when I watched it again, I knew the ending. I think we should go ahead and discuss it. If that's okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Take the floor. Oh, no, but, but you, you said your question revealed. Oh, mine was going to be, where would you take a sequel to this? Do where a would I take a, well, you know, there was a prequel. The prequel. There was a prequel movie that came out. Yes. <laughs> With a uh, with a uh, Ordell Roby and um, and a uh, Louis Louis Guerra, Gara, who's Garrett, Robert De Niro. De Niro's character, character yeah. Yeah, and and that's interesting because I I, I knew there was a pre. This is based on Rum Punch. The prequel is another. It's El, Rum Punch and Elmore Leonard novel. There's a novel that uh, he wrote. It, I forget the name of it, but it was the prequel, and it had those two characters in it. And so I, I remember was kind of watching a movie one night and I just kind of, something seemed odd. And I started realizing I was watching Ordell and Lewis. 
I was like, wait, this is Ordell and Lewis. Like I'm watching a movie and it's, it's these characters, but they're, you know, 20 years younger. I'm like, what? Yeah. And, and then I realized it was the, the prequel. I don't think I've ever seen this. I'm going to have to get on this. Well, the thing is, it's a good movie. It's just, it's just a regular movie, though. It's, it's not this big, this big to do of a Tarantino film, right? You know, it's a regular movie, beginning, middle, end. You know, cute, kind of, kind of a comedy. If I remember correctly, kind of a lighthearted comedy, kind of fun. But it was just weird to all of a sudden realize that that's what I was in the middle of. Yeah, no kidding. Do you, yeah. I need to know about. It. I need to find out about this though. Even if it's not a big Tarantino extravaganza, I still. Feel like this needs to go on the watch list. I have to figure out what this is. It's 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 different. <laughs> Do you know the name? Oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I mean, I I'm talking to you on my phone right now, so I cannot do a Google search. <laughs> but uh, it's uh ah just I mean if you type in Rum Punch prequel, Rum Punch sequel, Rum Punch prequel, okay. Yeah, it comes up. Okay, so that's the prequel. Where are mm-hmm. you taking the sequel? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, it's like the sequel that everybody said when we made Pulp Fiction, all the interviews. What about a sequel? What about a sequel? What about a sequel? I mean, you can't make a sequel to Pulp Fiction, but, but if you were going to do that, Jackie Brown would be it. Completely different movie, completely different thing. But uh, I, I would say that Jackie Brown is the sequel in a sense, because if you're craving that Pulp Fiction feeling, that vibe that that movie gave, Jackie Brown delivers on that. Okay. Okay. So now... You know what we have? The dreaded remake. If you have to remake Jackie Brown. Oh, you have your list of characters. I love it. I made notes. All right. Who, who are we casting where? Okay. We got we to gotta say the part was written for Pam Greer. So you really can't replace. Okay. We're going to say Pam Greer and Sam Jackson. We're just going to stay across the board. Irreplaceable in this movie. So that's a statement. Put a pin. Leave that aside. That's, that's just a fact. We're, we're just going to do this mental exercise, though. So the part was written for Pam Greer. You can't top that. And then Sam Jackson as Ordell Roby. I don't think there's any acting performance like it. But you asked, so I'm going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Pam Greer, uh, as Jackie Brown character, if you had to, if you had to, uh, there is someone who would really be excellent. And, I mean, it came to me right away. It's Taraji Henson. Oh, Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, of course. How do you not think of that, right? Taraji Henson. Okay, that was an easy one. Or Del Roby. I, I searched a lot of time on the internet. <laughs> there, were, there was this actor I found. I'm not going to say who it was. Maybe when you turn off the recording, I can say who it was. He is a fantastic actor. Just one of the best ever. He hasn't won an Oscar, hasn't received all the accolades he deserves. But he, uh, oh, just the best actor. He's sinister. The thing about this character, though, is uh, he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. But he's fun and you enjoy watching him. And the way he speaks is lyrical. So you got to find an actor who's, who's, it's basically a comedic performance, but an evil character. So I found this actor who just fit the bill perfectly, can do anything. And I was like, well, wait, let me see if this guy's ever been in a comedy. He was in three episodes of a comedy series and I watched it. And every time he said something, his eyebrows would go up in the middle. Every time he said something funny, his eyebrows would go up. I'm like going, oh my God, he's one of the greatest actors alive and he can't do comedy. You know, he has a tell. I can't, I can't do the, the face, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm trying to make my eyebrows go up in the middle. I can only make them go down, but maybe, okay, yeah, his eyebrows yeah, would do that. If you can see it on video. Yep. Every time his eyebrows would go up, every time he said something that seemed funny, and I'm going, oh my God, he doesn't know how to do comedy. So it was really a hard search to find someone who could do comedy, could be likable, and who was pure evil, capable of 
emanating pure evil. I searched and searched and searched. Uh, I came up, I was just like, don't put any rules on this. I came up with so many, you know, I thought maybe, uh, maybe bring um, Chris Tucker back, but no, that wouldn't work. He, he's, he's changed as an actor. He's evolved as a person. He's in a different place. Yes. Um, I thought about it. There's just so many people I went through. I finally, I looked, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. I watched Precious for your show. I watched Precious. Uh, <laughs> No, no, and I'm not saying don't watch Precious. I'm saying if I, I like, I like wanting to live. You know, I like having a will to live. Precious will take away your will to live. And there is a performance, an Oscar-winning performance by just someone who has all the qualities of a true acting talent, and that's Monique. And she is funny. She is likable. And if you watch Precious, you will know that she is capable of portraying nothing but pure evil. No, I have seen Precious. It's it's one that you're right. It's not one I'm like, I want to watch that again because it put me in a good mood. Oh, yeah. But... No, no, I'm saying it's an no, excellent no. film. Yes, that excellent I agree. Excellent film. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're gender swapping it. I like it, though. And I yeah, think of course. Right. On this, there are no rules. I got rid of I... all the rules. I, I'm, I'm doing what's best. And I think the only, only, per, only person besides Sam Jackson, of course, let's just he, him bring him back. He's 72 now which means he was 47 then i don't think he's aged i think he looks maybe like five years older he still looks yeah. pretty close to 47 yeah so just, just bring him back right uh, <laughs> the only real other question. person are we is, bringing the ponytail is, uh, back the pony oh are we the bringing that tail? The, the chin ponytail no that ponytail ordell roby has in that movie it's the I, thing you know he also has a chin ponytail right do you remember that you're right he has a braided I think I think I focus on that ponytail he's got in the back because that's right. pretty that's pretty hideous yeah are, are we bringing so, those back for Monique for the ponytail not the chin ponytail oh <laughs> uh sure sure just bring some weird hair back that was some weird hair that was, it was a weird hairstyle <laughs> yeah all right I got your sidetracked keep going <laughs> <laughs> oh no no I was I was on a roll uh yeah Monique's only only living talent I can come up with. I threw out everything. Anybody, any age, whatever. I'm fine with that. She's the only person who can speak that way too. There's so many actors who are who are good in different areas, right? And De Niro is in this. You know, De Niro doesn't cry on cue, right? No, he doesn't no. do that. No. All these actors are like trying to summon tears on cue. Well, <laughs> De Niro doesn't do that. You know, instead of trying to cry on camera, guess what he's doing? He's acting. <laughs> he's not trying to impress anybody right. he's just trying to give a good performance yep. so uh so uh great act actors are good in different areas just it doesn't mean you're any less of an actor because you can't pull off this one thing or del roby character i can only think of one per two people alive who could do that character yeah anybody else you're going to recast i've got a whole list here all right let's keep it Max going cherry yep by robert forrester new casting would be michael bean because Michael Bean, what's, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Aliens, Tombstone, Terminator, that guy. Yep. He is very good at playing the ultimate understated performance. His performance, um, he doesn't ask for, ask for attention in his performances. He just shows up, he does it, and you're just drawn to him. It's, he just, he would be excellent in that. All right. Uh, Ray Nicolette originally Michael Keaton. Now, the, with this movie, um, 
uh, Tarantino cast people who were huge in little tiny parts and people who nobody had heard of from a long time in huge parts. So his casting was all over the place. Like you see Robert De Niro sitting on a couch for half a movie. You're yes. like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? Yeah, exactly. uh, so, so in my list, it has, it's all over the place. And that's because that's what he did. So uh, Michael Keaton was in an interesting place in his career at that, you know, about, it was eight years after Batman. And uh, so the person I picked to replace Ray Nicolette, which, oh yeah, that's another story. He was also an out of sight. Anyway, Bradley Cooper, ultimate douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the douchebag act down. And Michael Keaton really had the douchebag act down. Uh, yeah. And then the only, the only other one I have is um, Beaumont Livingston. I feel like really, really is a huge part of the movie. Only living actor who could pull that off is Tiffany Haddish. Interesting. Yeah. Only I- one. Okay, I, I like- ain't getting to no goddamn truck and no goddamn car. There you go. <laughs> you yeah. do it well. I like it. I'm home. I'm high. <laughs> I like that. You do pretty good. Come on, man. I'm home. I'm high. <laughs> I-, I can't remember what else he says that I isn't totally obscene. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm only coming up with obscene lines. I know you said I could swear, but yeah, yeah, you're not swearing. It's truly obscene. Yeah, you're fine. I mark them all as explicit. You're good. Say what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no rules no, on a podcast. These, these lines are actually, yeah, uh, yeah, unspeakable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want any anyone impressionable seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mark it as 18 I mean, and over as well. A kid could see it and be fine. I mean, someone who's easily <laughs> would misinterpret the film, and that could be someone who's any age. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I saw it young. I I, I was fine, but you don't want to see someone who would misconstrue it. Okay, so this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, you're gonna. I want you to give that final pitch on someone who either one hasn't taken the plunge on watching Jackie Brown. Or two, needs to revisit because I've heard a lot lately. I've seen a lot of lists and they're putting Jackie Brown lower on Tarantino's list of movies than I think it belongs because I do think it belongs in the upper echelon. So give a final pitch. I would say that if someone's putting together a list of best Tarantino movies, I feel like a lot of people like Tarantino, uh, but they're just idiots. (laughs) And (laughs) and they're just kind of told they like him. You know, and they just know that they're supposed to like him and they think it's cool, but they don't really have a sense of, you know, a third of people don't have a sense of humor. I would put the Tarantino fanatics in that category of people who don't have a sense of humor. Like they're just kind of, they just know they're supposed to like it. They're kind of looking around. Hey, my friend's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a filmmaker. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a film critic. He's good. Yeah, he's good. So I feel like a lot of these Tarantino bros, not a lot of ladies in the Tarantino crowd. So I'll just call maybe there are some. I think it's me and you know some chicken, uh, some chicken Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> we're the Tarantino girls. And uh, <laughs> so the Tarantino bros, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't know what they like. They they just they just think they're supposed to like him and they like all the violence in Reservoir Dogs. They think that's artistic and they think Kill Bill's a feminist film and that they're cool because they like feminist films now. I mean, not that it isn't a feminist film. I'm just saying they're like, oh, I'm a feminist because I watched yeah. Kill Bill and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So I, I, I don't, so these Tarantino people, you have to be particular with them. And I would say to be leery of anyone who doesn't like Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, I believe, is very much a feminist film. Definitely more so than Kill Bill. I mean, not that Kill Bill isn't. I'm just saying that's a feminist film. 
So I, I would feel like maybe somebody who one of the Tarantino bros maybe doesn't like it because it's about a chick in her forties. Just saying. And a lot of all the other Tarantino films, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes mm-hmm. running around. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm just saying if somebody's not putting that high on the list, it might be because it's about a lady. Okay. Okay. So sell yeah. it to someone who hasn't seen Jackie Brown. Maybe they're a not normal a person huge, yeah. or a Tarantino bro. No, sell it, sell it to a normal person. A normal person, I would be like, I would say this is just one of the greatest movies ever made. It's there's nothing weird about it. <laughs> okay, let me start over. This is one of the greatest movies ever made. I would give the line about, okay, it's about a flight attendant, and I I would make sure it was someone who had a good sense of humor, uh, was capable of understanding that it was a sort of an exploitation of black exploitation films. Uh, <laughs> make sure it's the right kind of person. A lot. It's not every- it's very, uh, very fast paced. Uh, you know, not everybody might get it. And I would, I would say, sit down and give this a chance, but not try to figure it out what, what, what's going on. And that, cause that's a mistake I made the first time I saw it. Don't think about what's happening. Just kind of sit back, enjoy it. Pretend you're high. I've never gotten high in my life, but I imagine this movie would be really good if you're high. So just kind of pretend you're hanging out with your friends and you're high, even if you're watching it all alone do that enjoy it enjoy being with the people this is a movie i think that appeals to people i think the older you get the more you appreciate it now i mean like i said i'm the tarantino freak i liked it you know since i was uh since before i was probably legally allowed to watch it but i i i think this movie is is good uh you know for the 50 plus crowd will dig it a lot because it's it's a lot about life life experiences you learn a lot from this movie um it's a comedy there's not a lot of violence so i think uh people who are like the the tarantino thing are like they don't want to have anything to do it they they like his stuff but it's too violent this movie you don't have to worry about that there is violence but it all happens off camera Uh, i'm not doing a good job selling it i feel like you're doing fine i I would say that if you don't like tarantino movies watch this one oh there you (laughs) go (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's the problem there it, is, there it is forget everything i just said erase all that if you don't like tarantino movies watch this one <laughs> all right okay i think that is gonna wrap this one up why don't you all tell right. everyone this where they can find pleasure. you online tell everyone where they can find you online you can find me at tuckywilliams.com you can find me by putting my name in any search engine tucky williams you can even misspell it my name will come up I also have girlgirlscene.com and daggerkiss.com. But again, search engine will take you right to it. Am- right. Amazon, search for me on Amazon. Yeah, there you just go. Search for, out her stuff on look Amazon. for a blonde chick. Sometimes she looks like a boy. Sometimes she looks like a girl. But she's also <laughs> making out with another blonde chick. That's me. <laughs> All right. And as always, you can find the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to come back next week because I'll have a new guest and a new movie. And who knows, that may become your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.